This is Tuesday, June 13th. Have you ever been betrayed? I remember reading the story told by Lewis Smedes, the well-known author and teacher. During one summer as a teenager, he was away from home visiting his grandparents in the Midwest. He developed a relationship with another boy in town. There were walks in the woods, talks where they dreamed together, fishing and wrestling. They became close like brothers as the months wore on. Then one day, Lewis was passing through a fruit grove on the way to see his friend's friend when he heard two boys talking. He recognized one boy as his friend and the other as an older boy from in town. In the brief moments as he listened, unseen, he heard the older boy ask about him. You and Lewis are friends, right? I see you together all the time. His friend responded, Nah, he's nothing to me. I can't wait till summer is over and he's gone. In that split second, everything changed. Even the good things they had shared were polluted by those words. His heart was broken and a relationship was severed. I think all of us have experienced some sort of betrayal. A friend that did not turn out to be a friend after all. Someone leaving us high and dry, hurt by becoming the turncoat and destroying what once was true friendship. Here's our text for today. John chapter 13, verse 21 to 24. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him, and Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Now we're likely familiar with the story of Judas Iscariot from Scripture. Here is the moment when everything seems to come to a head. It's at the Passover meal, and Jesus explains to the disciples that there's a betrayer in their midst. Notice that the disciples have no idea which one of them it is. Here's the truth about sin. It hides. We can't see it. To the other disciples, Judas looks like looks the part. He looks just like they are. Though they have a couple of years hanging out together, they've noticed nothing suspicious in him. Jesus' statement leaves them at a loss. But we shouldn't be shocked. Why? Well, this is the way sin works in our lives. It conspires to force us to keep silent about it, to keep it unknown and under wraps. This is part of what gives it such power over us. Likely you've heard it said, we are only as sick as our secrets. Yes, what we guard and protect ends up muzzling us and ultimately controlling our lives. The German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer said in his landmark book on spiritual community, Sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved with it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. In the darkness of the unexpressed, it poisons 
the whole being of a person. This is what we see happening to Judas. Until he seems completely lost. Satan has Judas to himself to do as he pleases in and through him. Now I know along the way people have offered up many explanations for the motives of Judas. Perhaps he betrayed Jesus for good reason, some say, for example. But I would prefer not to speculate on what was driving Judas because scripture doesn't tell us about that. In, this, in his story, we can see the power of sin at work in him. Early on in chapter 13 of John, we are told the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. That's John 13, 2. But by the time Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples, we hear, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. You see, there's a progression in the growth of sin in Judas's life. At first, he's only being prompted, but soon he's given control to Satan. Now his flesh and blood are put into action on behalf of the evil one. For us, we see a, can see a progression of sin in our own lives. Perhaps something that we've avoided has now become acceptable to us. Then over time, it became a part of our lives. Then we cannot imagine life without it. Yes, it's true, the progression is gradual, but it's there. And there's a time when we can no longer free ourselves from its grasp. Its power in us and over us has grown. Likely, we found a way to justify it in our own thinking. Now that it has us, it has control. This should remind us of what happened to Cain before he killed his brother Abel. The Lord came to Cain to warn him. Sin is crouching at your door, the Lord told him. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. That's Genesis 4-7. Sin hadn't taken over yet, but the Lord says it will. It's lying in wait for you. You must master it. What the Lord is telling him is that sin will come to control him if he allows it to do so. And there will be a moment when it will be too late. This is how sin works. It can gain control over us and then run our lives, determining how we will live. Now, just reading the story of Judas and of Cain is frightening for us because we think we have power over our lives. We think we can stop what we're doing at any time. But it's just not true. We can give ourselves to sin in such a way that it comes to rule over, over us. I think we're meant to read the story of Judas and think, I could do something like that. I'm not immune. And the result should be an awareness every day of how much we need the grace of Jesus and to see that Jesus came to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and to bring us into the kingdom of light. Now, of course, our response today should be to examine our own lives and to see if we are giving sin a foothold, to see if there's a progression so that we can purposely turn to Christ. Let's pray. Father God, without the grace of Jesus, we'd be sifted like wheat. Remind us of the forgiveness that is ours because of the cross and that we can always come to you. Keep us from hiding our sin Teach us how to walk in the light. In the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Amen.